reporting for the New Spring News. I'm standing where the new kids' building will be built. It looks like we're really making some progress, but before the walls can go up, it looks like we have to make a mess. The first thing we had to do is move this fire hydrant line so it wouldn't be under the building. This new kids' building is going to be amazing, but it looks like we're going to have to get used to a little dust around here. Every weekend, we're going to bring you the latest from the construction site. For New Spring News, I'm Ellie Cummins. I wonder what this lever does. Oh, thanks, Ellie. That is great. Each week, you'll be uh, getting a little report like that on the building. And, and uh, good morning, everybody, and good morning, kids. How are you doing today? Good? Oh, come on, kids. You know better than that. How are you doing this morning? Really belt it out. Oh, it's great to see you today, and we know all the families are in here together, so don't, parents, I just want you to take a big, deep breath and say, it's going to be all right, you know? We know they're going to talk a little bit, and that's fine. They're going to probably see some stuff up here they'll react to, and that's fine, too. And, you know, if they have a total meltdown, it's no big deal. You can just take them out, and there's TVs out in the foyer, and they can calm them down out there. So it's no big deal, so just relax. But I am Dan Kubish, they tell me. That's what my driver license says anyway. And I am the children's pastor here at New Spring Church. And before we get started in what we're going to talk about today, we have some great news that we want to share with you. Last week we did our Us Time 2 offering where we were... uh, planning the vision of what we want to do with kids space around here and we asked for you to bring a one-time gift last week and that offering came in of uh, uh, the amount was two hundred and seventy six thousand three hundred and thirteen dollars and ten cents isn't that great praise the Lord for that thank you so much for doing that and then we ask you to bring a commitment for the next 12 months, what you'd be willing to give over the next year, whether you bring it every week or once a month or one lump sum, but to commit uh, to God uh, for the next year. And those commitments so far have totaled $358,642, which gives us a total of $634,955.10. Isn't that great? And if you weren't here last week and you missed it, uh, there's offering envelopes there in front of you, and there's a category called Us Times Two. You can put your uh, offering in there to market towards the building project, and it'll be put to good use. But there's a whole list of things that we want to do around here, not only the kids' space, but create better traffic flow around the whole complex and add parking and put theater seats in here so we can get more people uh, in this room at the same time. And so by your stepping up to the plate, it allows us to do that. And if you haven't done it and you're a new springer, uh, you still have time. Just jump on any time. And like Ellie was saying uh, in the video, uh, we're going to make it a little messy. Wasn't that a blessing out there coming into the parking lot today? Uh, We thank the Lord for those traffic cops to be out there helping cars to get in. But it's going to get a little worse before it gets better. Uh, We had to remove uh, part of the playground last night out there. And there's a whole bunch of other things going on. Pretty soon we're going to have to eliminate the four-year-old room, which last Sunday they had 58 four-year-olds in that room. And that room is going to be gone uh, here pretty soon. So we're going to have to move kids around the complex. We still want you to come. Don't come. Uh, We're going to find a place for everybody. But just be patient with us. One week you might drop your kids off a one space, and very next week it might be someplace different. So uh, we're going to have a great time. And six months, uh, hopefully the building will be completed, and uh, we'll be able to have great space for our kids. So be patient, but uh, we appreciate all your help and your giving towards that work. Well, you know, I had a buddy that wanted to uh, 
learn how to golf. And I lived in a little tiny town, graduated a little tiny town in, in Nebraska. And our golf course, uh, well, it was sort of a golf course. Uh, they had a sign out front, but it was more like pasture land, you know. And the greens weren't greens, they were sand greens. Has anybody played on sand greens before? Just raise your hand. This is, this is the children's pastor talking, so you can raise your hands in church and no one's going to come and get you. And uh, Anyway, that's the way it was, and there were sand, and so the way you played, you hit the ball up there, and then you had to get this big metal pipe, it was about four foot wide, and a big iron uh, handle on it, and once your ball hit the green, you had to go pick up your ball, and you would just drag this iron pipe as far as, you know, whether it's a 30, 40 foot green, and you'd take the sand out of the cup then, put the cup back in, go back to your ball, and put it. Well, once you got done, then the other players would have to go. So you would have to take a rake out and then rake the whole thing and get out that smoother and smooth the whole thing. It was like doing yard work and golfing at the same time. And uh, so it was such a blessing. But anyway, that was, that was uh, my high school years. Well, John, my good friend, wanted to go golfing. He's never been before, so we kind of told him some of the rules, and we get out there on the first tee and... And I told John, oh, why don't you just go ahead and go first? And we were getting our clubs out, and so he put a ball down like he's supposed to. And, uh, you know, he gets out one of these drivers. Now, back then, they were wooden drivers because I graduated in 1980. Uh, they, I don't think they even had things like this back then. But anyway, he lined up. You're a pretty good catcher, aren't you, sir? Oh, okay, good. Great. That is awesome. And maybe the next three rows after you, just pay attention, all right? And uh, so he lined up to smack it, you know, and we're back there, and pretty soon, man, he smacked it, and we heard the sound of the ball hitting the club, and uh, all of a sudden, I hear John say, wow, why is it going that way? And no sooner did he get the words out of his mouth, and we hear this crash, and he had hit the ball the wrong way, and he forgot to yell four. Now, if you played golf, forgetting to yell four is like forgetting your anniversary, you know, guys. Uh, People get very angry about that. And so this golf ball hit this uh, windshield of this uh, golf cart, broke it, kind of zinged this guy's head. And I knew he knew we did it because he was waving at us with one finger. And uh, so John forgot to yell the word four. And four came from, I don't, you know, there's three different stories out there how golfers started to yell four. One was a shipping term, you know, the front of the ship is the four, the back is the aft. And then in the military terms, they used to shoot cannonballs during war. And to let the guys know in front, shooting their rifles, that a cannonball was going to be flying at them, they would yell, before beware. And uh, they would shoot the cannon off. So well, whatever it came about, you're supposed to yell four as a golfer. But John forgot to yell four. And uh, so it created several problems. But forgetting can be dangerous. Forgetting to not put oil in your car, fellas, can be dangerous, right? Ladies, forgetting to shut the burner or the stove off before you leave for a two-week vacation to the Bahamas could be dangerous for you. You know, even some of you mothers, it might even be dangerous if you left your diaper bag at home. Huh? None of the service has gotten this story. This is the only service. We have five children. My oldest son was Nate. You'll see him in just a minute. He's gonna be coming out here in just a minute. We were just newly, newly parents, and uh, we decided to take our little son, Nate, who was about one, to the McDonald's on Woodlawn on a Saturday morning where there's kids' zones at. And we're sitting, eating there our big breakfast, 
and Nate is sitting in a high chair, strapped in, and all of a sudden, there was an aroma that was filling the air. And we, Debbie and I looked over, and Nate decided to release everything that he ever had taken into his body since day one. And it got so bad, I mean, I know we're about ready to eat lunch, but it got so bad that it was overfilling the chair and running down the floor. And the circle underneath the chair was about this big. Oh, yeah. Needless to say, the McDonald's sort of, it was sort of emptying out, you know, during that time. So I, uh, you know, Debbie and I looked at each other. It's never happened to us before. And I went over there and I picked up Nate underneath the arms, unbuckled him, which was quite the feat. And I picked him up like this. And I thought, now what am I going to do with this guy? I mean, we can't change him right there in the middle of McDonald's. And, you know, to walk to the bathroom, I'm going to have, you know, splish splash all the way there. So I decided my only move was to take him outside to our car. So I'm carrying Nate through McDonald's. Everybody's moving out of my way, too. No one needs I don't even have to say excuse me or nothing. One guy opened the door for me on the way out. <laughs> Luckily, I had a brown Chevy Impala at the time. And I put Nate on the trunk of the car. You know, it's busy Saturday. People going through the drive-thru looking like, man, what's that guy? And my thought was this. I sure hope we didn't forget the diaper bag because we were really good about forgetting diaper bags back in those days. Luckily, I had the diaper bag in the back seat. Debbie was inside with a mop and everything else trying to clean that up. The funny thing was, it was about two weeks later that McDonald's remodeled the whole place. (laughs) So anyway, it is very dangerous to forget stuff. And uh, today we're going to talk about forgetting what we shouldn't forget. And you know, the most important thing is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're gonna talk about that today as it affects your kids and the influence that you have on your kids. You know, God initiated two things in this world. He initiated a lot of things. He created everything. But one was the home, the family. It was his idea. Adam and Eve, that was God's idea. And the other thing was the church. Two very important influences in our world today. But what would happen if they would fail? Either one of them. But what would happen if those two influences came together and worked together as one? Well, you know, uh, in our story today in the book of Deuteronomy, about the fifth book of the Bible in the Old Testament towards the beginning of the Bible, Moses was talking to the people of Israel, and they were just about ready to go to the land of Canaan. And he is telling them, hey, don't forget some things. There are some things you need to know, and there are some things you need to tell your kids. And you better not forget. You better not forget that God brought you here, that he was your God. And you better not forget that. And you better not forget to tell your kids. Because you are going to get into houses that you didn't build. And you're going to be able to pick produce out of gardens and vineyards that you didn't plant. And you're going to go and pull out well water out of wells that you did not dig. And it's all because of the goodness of God in your life is why you're getting all that stuff, why you're going to the land of milk and honey, Canaan. And I just want to make sure, Moses says, you don't forget who brought you here. And more importantly, I don't want your kids to forget who brought you here. So that's where our text is. It's in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6. It'll be up on the screen. Read along with me. It says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart 
and with all your soul and with all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again and again and again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road or driving your minivan, when you are going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands, kind of like those bracelets we sell at New Spring Church, you know. Tie one to your hand and wear them on the forehead as a reminder. Can you imagine how cool it would be if everybody would allow me to bring my Cosmo tattoos, our Kids World character tattoos, and put a tattoo on everybody's forehead before you left, and then you all went to lunch? Wouldn't that be weird, what everybody would be saying at Westerns? What is that tattoo on your head of Cosmo? Well, I'll tell you, you know, that's, that's kind of the image I want you to get in your head. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Moses is saying, make sure, make sure, make sure you remind your kids of all the good things that God has done. And make sure you are an influence on your kids. Now, here's some things we need to know to kind of set the, kind of the uh, platform. One is... Uh, no one has more potential to influence a child's relationship with God than a parent. No one does. No one has more potential to influence the parent than the church. I mean, that's our job when Lance is up here or pastor's up here or I'm up here or Rick or Sean. We are influencing you so you can influence somebody else, to influence you with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the church potential to influence a child dramatically increases when it partners with the parent. And then the parent's potential to influence a child dramatically increases when the parent partners with the church. You know, my dad was a Baptist minister. Uh, there was, uh, I had four older sisters and uh, three younger brothers. I was right in the middle. To this day, I still hate hand-me-downs, you know, because they were all dresses at that time. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that's the way I grew up. And, you know, in church back then, and even church today, some of the churches, I, there were some good kids' programs, but some of them were just boring, you know? I mean, that's why we call it, what, Sunday that's right. And we, we believe that Sunday should be like the rest of the week, you know. And you'd file into the room and sit into a chair. And the lady that used to talk to Moses on a personal level would come in and talk to you. You know what I'm saying? And for 45 minutes, don't move, don't breathe, look up here. I'm going to go verse by verse through the book of Revelation with you. And we were wondering why our kids didn't want to go to church. It is amazing how many people come and tell me or Mark or Lance or one of the staff members, man, I used to be in church, but man, as soon as I got old enough to make my own call, I bolted because I was so bored. Church was irrelevant. It didn't talk about anything that I needed to know about. It was just this boring practice that we went through. And so part of the problem was this. The church started to believe that they were supposed to be the trainers for kids. That you bring your kids to the church. Hi, honey. This is my wife, Debbie. She does the announcements and helps me in Kids World. And uh, you just bring your kids to, uh, to, to church and we'll train them. All you have to do is bring them and we'll do the rest. Well, the Bible does not teach that at all. The instructions are to the parents to train up your child. It's not to the church. And so the church was trying to take all this, you know, stuff and say, hey, we'll be the train. We'll offer programs every day of the week. You know, we'll do something Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Tuesday morning, Thursday afternoon, and we'll just be the religious training your kids will get. And pretty soon, uh, the church couldn't do it because there was too many programs, not enough funds, not enough buildings, not enough volunteers because it never was designed to do that. The church was never designed to take place of a parent and the parent's influence. In this basket, now... There are 41 balls. Actually, 
really, oh, good catch, guy. And actually, I need to get rid of that one. How about you right there in the second row? Can you catch that? Oh, good boy. Hold on to that for me. In fact, you can take that home with you if you like. Uh, Anyway, now there are 40 golf balls in here. 40 golf balls. This represents the 40 hours that the church has an influence in a child's life in one year. 40 hours is what the average church has to influence a child for Christ in one year. Behind me, you see these wonderful purple dots that our creative team down the shop came up with. These purple dots, there's 3,000 of them. They represent the influence a parent has in a child's life in one year. There's 8,760 hours in a year. The parents have 3,000 hours, 3,000 hours to influence their child for Christ. So now, who would have a better influence on directing kids to a relationship with Jesus Christ? The parents or the church? The church still has an influence, and we want to be there. We want to partner with you. But the bottom line is this, folks. It is the parent and the, to have the influence in the child's life. In fact, the survey says that grandparents, if you're a grandparent here today, you have 500 hours on an average of influence in your grandkids' lives. So that's what we're going to talk about. You know, this is an orange thing made out of thermal plastic. Any kids know what that is? Thank you very much up there. You're listening. I appreciate that. This is a cone. This is what you get at uh, CeCe's. You know, they give you that little cone. Have anybody been to CeCe's? Raise your hand. You bunch of cheapskate. Cheapest place to eat in town. That's right. Uh, But we go there once in a while, and they give you a little tiny cone, you know. And my kids hate this because I do it every time we get there. You know, I always set it on the table, and I tell one of my kids, you know why they give you this cone? Uh, Why? Because if you don't get your pizza, you yell, hey, where's my pizza? But that's, uh, that, anyway, that didn't go very far, did it, honey? But uh, anyway, this is traffic cone is made out of plastic. By itself, there's not much influence to it. I could take this out to the expressway and drop it on the side of the road, and not one of you would do anything when you saw that one cone sitting by itself. But you know, if I took about 40 of these cones and went over to our next door neighbor, the Catholic Church, our friends over there, and I went to their driveway and I put about 10 of these across their driveway and started to angle them so they all had to make left-hand turns and no one could make a right-hand turn and come in front of our property. Oh, yeah. A lot of influence there. Why? Because the cones are telling them where they should go, where they should end up. And one cone doesn't do it, but it's the existence of many cones that shows people where they need to go. And what I'm saying as a children's pastor and Debbie as my helper is that we want to be the orange cones in your kids' lives. We have 350 great volunteers that are passionate about reaching boys and girls for Jesus Christ and making learning about God fun. And you have tons of orange cones in your life. And we want you to be cones in your kids' lives. And we want to be able to direct them how they should go and where they should go. And we want you to say, this is, this is the way to find God. This is the influence I want to put on your life because we want you to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's the parent's influence that is going to do that. The church has a part, but not near the big part like the parents and grandparents do. 
So don't forget, and now when you leave and you see, and by the way, I did not steal this from down there, okay? We stole this a long time ago and it's been down in our shed. So just so you know, actually we bought those just to make, we don't steal anything. All right. So with that, here's some, here's some things we want to talk about. I'm going to give, tell you what the church is going to provide, and then we're going to go over what you are going to provide. Lord willing, you'll partner with us to do this. First of all, we want to provide the spark for your kids. We want to be able to tell them a certain virtue or a memory verse or a story and be the spark that gets them thinking. We don't want kids to have to endure kids' world. We want them to get it. We want them to walk out saying, I know exactly what that thing was about. Whether it was funny or humorous or sad uh, or crazy, uh, we want them to get it. And Dr. Seuss said, I like nonsense. It wakes up the brain cells. And that is the truth. Some of the things we do in kids' world are totally nonsense. Whipped cream in the face, peanut butter up the nose, all that good stuff. Totally nonsense. But it gets the kids' attention so you can engage the imagination to allow transformation to get in there. And that's what we do. And that's what we offer to you as parents. We want to be the spark plug for your kids' thought process on what God has done for them. All right, with that, I'm going to show you a little tiny clip. Uh, Daryl and Carla Stenson oversee our uh, preschool department. The, they do an amazing job. Daryl Stenson is probably the best preschool teacher that I've ever come across. I mean, we get stuff in that we buy curriculum. We get stuff that the teachers, that they pre-record uh, things and skits for us. And none of them are as near as good as what Daryl does. And we're, we're fortunate to have that couple in our church. But Daryl is our, one of our storytellers in our preschool department. So if you were going to come to one of our theater times, this is just a part, only about one-tenth of a part of what you would see. So guys in the tech booth, roll it, and let's watch. Hello, kids. Ha. Welcome to my kitchen. Today, we will be making a marvelous creation from many ingredients. Oh, it's going to be good. A tasty, tasty treat. Yeah. But first, hmm, I'm going to need a helper. Um, could someone from the audience please volunteer? Raise your hand. Oh, oh, oh. I want to help. I want to help. Can I help? Can you raise your hand? Mm, no. If you can't raise your hand, how are you going to help? Um, I don't know, but I want to help. I'm trying to make a masterpiece with some ingredients. <clears throat> I'm sorry. <clears throat> with some ingredients. Okay. Oh. What? I, I, I want to help. I, I know what you could do, why? You could read the list. Okay. All right, here it is. Okay, now, to start with the masterpiece, we need what, why? Um, let's see, it says here. Yeah? Three eggs. Three eggs. Three. Oh, why, you're in luck, we have three eggs Oh, yay! All right, uh, Three eggs, three eggs, Mr. Daryl, put in three eggs. All right. I mean, Chef Daryl. One. Two and a three. All right, three eggs. Oh, it looks nice. Yeah. Well, that story was just the intro of the story of Elijah and how God can will take care of you. 
And so Daryl went on to explain that, well, they end up putting real flowers in there and motor oil, and then they tried to blend it up. Can you imagine? And so Daryl got a big face full of flour, and then he went on to tell the story about Elijah and how Elijah was the prophet of God, and that he came into town, and he asked a widow to make him a cake of flour. And uh, the widow said, hey, all I have is this little tiny bit of flour left and some oil to make one little bread loaf, and then my son and I are going to eat it, and then we're going to die. That sounds like fun, isn't it? And, uh, and so Elijah said, hey, God told me to have you make that for me first. And that's what happened. And if you know the story, uh, and if you don't know it, I'm going to tell you what happens. God ends up providing all the flour and oil. Every time they took some out, more got put back in there again. And so that was the story. And so the bottom line was this, God will take care of you. Who will take care of you? God will take care of you. That's right, kids. You notice how those preschoolers repeated that? That is awesome. But anyway, that was the story. So now, if you were in our environments, you would see that as a parent. Your kids saw that last week. So what we would want you to do is when you were on your way home, Debbie's going to talk about this and some of the things that we hand out, we would want you to go over that story with your kids. And then maybe you got home or later on Tuesday or Wednesday, you're making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for your kid, and they're sitting there, and you said, hey, Johnny, do you remember? that story Mr. Daryl told about making the bread, how that lady made the bread for the prophet of God and God was going to take care of them. It's just like this bread here, you know, and God will take care of us. In fact, Johnny, let me tell you about a time where God took care of your mommy. This is what he did for me. He kept me safe or he provided resources. That's how we want you to interact with your kids all week long. So not only are we the spark plug, but then you come in and provide the influence the rest of the week. Miss Debbie. And so, so, here it is, the take-home paper, small talk for preschoolers. It's always at the check-in station. It it tells you what the key question is for that week for the kids and what their bottom line is and lets you know what the Bible story is and gives you some ideas for things you can teach your kids. For the older kids, um, we have what we call the refrigerator door, and the refrigerator door does the same thing. Each month, we have a virtue in Route 252 that the kids are learning about. As a matter of fact, coming up in June, we are so excited because we're going to be studying faith. And it's going to be just a whole type mystery type of thing. We're, we're taking um, our theme from the Clue Game. So every week they'll come in. There'll be something mysterious that they get to do and learn about. And um, so when you get these refrigerator doors, you can take it home and see exactly what the kids have been learning, what their bottom line is for the day, which our bottom line is just what we want them to know from the Bible story and the verses that we've been talking about. What do we want them to do in their lives because of what they've heard in kids' world? So there's something even you can do on the way out the parking lot while you're waiting in line, you know, to get for your turn to turn right or left or whatever. There is a talk about it section where there's a kid's question and a parent's question. So even when you're in the car, you can reinforce what, what they learned that day by having them answer the question, and then you answer the parent's question. Yeah, and one of the other things that you can get that's online is this Family Times. You can order it right online. You can go to funlivesheer.com, and uh, we'll put a link on there. But uh, this, is a, this is a great thing. There's a CD in here where you play in your car. There's some music. There's some little story cards. There's some questions for parents. In fact, there's even sometimes where they ask the parent to write a note of what you appreciate about your son and daughter and put it in their lunchbox on the way to school. But this is very simple to do. This is not hard at all. We're not trying to make it hard on you. We 
We just want you to take your influence and make it the best that it possibly can be. The other thing that we're going to do is try to work our website so it's more interactive for kids, that it's a fun place to hang out, but also where parents can find information out what's going on. You can all, right now, you can download the family times in the refrigerator door right on our website, but we even want to upgrade that and make it more interactive, more fun to visit, uh, funlivesheer.com. The last thing that the church is going to provide, uh, that I want to talk about at least, is uh, we want to provide a family experience. Once a month, we want to have a family experience in 252 Theater. And then once we get the building built for the preschool department, we'll offer it in there as well. But the first weekend of the month, we want you as parents and grandparents to come with your child to 252 Theater one of the three times, whether it's 6 on Saturday, 9.15 or 11 on Sunday, and learn what the kids are going to be learning all month long. And we want you to not only be aware of what the kids are learning, we want you to be an invested parent. We want you to invest in those kids because you have the influence. We have time for what we have time for. You know, you have time to take them to soccer practice and baseball practice and gymnastics and all that stuff. But we want you to invest that same amount of time in your kid's spiritual condition. Because, you know, guys, 100 years from now, the only thing that's going to matter is their relationship with God. Nothing else is really going to matter at all. And so we want you to take your influence and use it to influence your kids and grandkids and show them which way to go to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, we've told you what we're going to do. Now we want to ask you to, for your help and partner with us. The first thing is to make time for your kids. Don't just have a once-a-week faith with your kids. Make your faith an everyday, seven-day experience for your kids. You know, if you just turn on the switch when you drive in the driveway and your kids don't see anything spiritual in your life the rest of the week, that's not good for them. Your faith has to be seven days a week for your kids. And take that opportunity to teach your kids and just to have fun times with them and talk about what God has done in your life. To let them know how God is working in your life. Let them, let them hear you uh, talk about how you didn't have enough money sometimes in certain cases and God provided a friend to help you out. Or you needed a washer and someone provided it for you. And make a kids a part of that. But the only way they can be a part of that is if they spend time with you. You know, I said in the, the first hour here at 915, you know, one of the biggest lies I think the American public have bought into is this idea I'm spending quality time with my kids. You know, you need to spend quality time with your kids. You need to do fun things like Chuck E. Cheese and Disneyland and all that stuff. But if the only time your kids are spending that time with you, and if they never see you get upset or disappointed or sad, if they never see how you work in the garden or mow your yard or what you say when you hit your thumb with a hammer... You know, they're going to grow up thinking they have the perfect parents because the only time they see you or interact with you is when you're having this quality time of pure fun. And mom and dad is never arguing or anything like that. It's just this always this high energy quality time. They need to be with you in quantity just to see how life is supposed to be. Because what happens when these kids grow up and they only see mom and dad in a perfect situation, they grow up, they get married, and they wonder, wait a second, I never saw mom and dad argue. I never saw mom and dad get disappointed. I never saw mom and dad sad because they never spent time with you. They need to learn from you how you react to all situations. So when they grow up and they get an adult, they realize they're normal. 
But what happens is they grow up with just the quality time parents. They grow up and thinking, man, I'm, there must be something wrong with me because my mom and dad never had argued about anything. They just didn't do it in front of you. And I understand there's sometimes you don't want to talk in front of your kids, and that's totally acceptable. But just don't buy into the thing, if I just do the once-a-week quality time where I take them to Chuck E. Cheese, then that's good enough. They need to spend time with you on many different levels. One of the cool things about being a parent is that you get to know your kids better. You know them from the inside out. You've known them from their birth on up. So you have the opportunity to really take these lessons that they're learning and apply them to their specific situations. So if you know what the kids are learning in kids' world, you can talk to them about what does that mean for for a kid who might be struggling in school or, or is having problems with friends or something like that. You can really apply in their specific situation what they've learned in kids' world. Another thing is you... You have the opportunity, you have all these hours to spend with them to show them how to live life. Dan talked about that a little bit just a second ago. Just show them what it's like. What is it like to be a Christ follower? What does it mean? How do you live your life? You know, God, when God forgives you, show them that God's forgiven you and and just model for them what it means to have a relationship with Christ. And then the final thing, we want to just have you be the encouragement for your kids. We try to encourage your kids when they come. I love sitting on the front of the stage in the 252 Theater and just letting kids come up and talk to me. You know, they'll talk to you about anything. Now, I just want to let you know, I only believe about 50% of what they tell me about you. All right? And then you believe about 50% of what they tell you about me. All right? But, you know, there are kids going through a lot of deep, dark stuff. And they want to talk to someone. And they want to talk to adults. Kids love talking to adults. That's why in kids' world, I don't really like to see adult talking to an adult. I want that adult to be talking to the kids because they'll tell you the struggles and stuff they're going with. I mean, Miss Debbie just a few weeks ago had a girl that came in, and she was very upset. She said, my dad just told us that he's leaving, you know? And she thought, you know, hey, I can tell Miss Debbie that because we have invested in her life. You know, there was a kid that came up to me, and the first day of school, he was offered a joint in PE class, you know, and that pressure that he felt. But he said, Mr. Dan, I made the wise choice. I said, no thanks, I don't do that stuff. I don't need it. You know, but the kids are going through a lot of things like that. And you need to provide that encouragement and then tell them your stories. Even though my youngest kid now is 13 and my oldest is 22. Is that right? Thank you. 22. Uh, You know, they still like to me to tell stories of things that happened to me when I was a kid or growing up and the things I've learned. You know, they still like to listen to those stories. You know, they had my and Debbie's yearbook out from from our high school, you know. They were making fun of our haircuts and all that stuff, you know. But it gives you opportunity to share what you went through as, you know, and the pressures that you had in your life when you were that age. But you need to provide encouragement for your kids. Listen to their stories. They want to tell you them. They really do. The average dad only listens to their kid about 47 seconds a day. Can you imagine? And can you imagine if you just did five minutes a day? If you just sat down with your kid and didn't have TV on and you took him to Brahms and got a hot fudge sundae or whatever and just talked to your child about whatever he wanted to talk about, it'd be awesome. 
It would transform their lives because you have really invested in them. Okay, so we believe if we did this, if we did what we're supposed to do as a church and you take your influence and, you, and we put it all together in the pot, this is what we think that would be the outcome. We think the kids would start being able to navigate through their Bible to know where the Gospels are and where the Old Testament, New Testament, and where the Sermon on the Mount is, where's John three sixteen, and they'd be able to feel familiar with the Bible uh, itself. And they'll be able to understand Scripture. We're not huge on Bible memory, like they have to learn 50 verses in a week and we'll give them a patch. You know what I'm saying? We do one verse a month and we drill that into your kids so they will never, ever forget it. They might not know it exactly. They might not know it word perfect. But five years from now, they'll look back and, and they can recall in their mind what that verse was and what it meant. And that's what we're doing. We are trying to ingrain stuff into them for the rest of their life. We're not a bunch of trivia buffs down there that we want them to tell us how many letters are in the you know, verse John 3.16. We want to give them stuff that can live inside them for the rest of their life and change their life. And also, we want them to be able to dialogue with God by prayer, you know? Kids love to pray. You say, hey, kids, who would like to pray? Man, they all shoot their hands up. Yeah, they want to come up and do that. You know, give them the opportunity at your house to pray, whether it's at the dinner table or whether it's before they go to bed, but give them the opportunity to pray and teach them how to pray. It's just dialoguing with God. It's not a bunch of these and nows and all that stuff. It's just talking to God in an honest and open fashion. The last thing is we want them to articulate their faith and worship with their life. You know, Lance does an amazing job with worship in this room. But worship doesn't start stop here. Worship is the whole week. Kids need to see how you worship with your life the whole week. How you, what you do with your finances, what you do with your time. The kids need to learn that, and they need to worship with their lives as well. You know, last night I got here early and one of, our, one of our volunteers came in and he was telling me about his son was having a little tough time at school standing up for his faith because his son would like to wear t-shirts with Christian sayings on them. And he was getting picked on by some kids. But not only that, there was a kid that was kind of, uh, you know, the oddball out and these kids were picking on this uh, kid. In fact, he, he was even saying that his son admitted to even picking on this kid. And he felt bad about it because in kids' world, we learn we need to treat others the way we want to be treated, and we need to make the wise choice. And so this little boy went to his counselor, uh, apologized for what was going on, and told him, you know, hey, I know I shouldn't be picking on that kid anymore, but you know, I have some of my good buddies that are still picking on him, and you need to put a stop to that. I mean, that is awesome. You know, but that's the influence of the church and the influence of the parent coming together to influence one kid. And so now that kid, instead of picking on that kid, now that kid is his best friend. You know, and kids can make a difference in kids' lives. We love when kids invite kids to New Spring Church, and they do it all the time. In fact, we, some of the parents are telling us uh, that their phone rings now on Saturday afternoon and say, are you going to New Spring Church tonight? I would like to come with you. How about that? That's pretty cool, ain't it? You know, and so they go get their minivan, driving up and down the street, picking up kids and bringing them to New Spring Church. But kids love to invite kids if there's something there to do them. They'll tell them all day long where they go to church. 
You know, we didn't do this in the other two hours because we kind of ran out of time or we're quickly running out of time now. But we do birthday parties here for that reason. We want people to come in and see our environments. And almost every week we have someone come back and come to New Spring Church, come to Kids World because of coming to a birthday party and seeing our environments. But we're going to do something different this summer. We're still going to do the birthday parties. You can go to funlivesheer.com and, and sign up if you like. But we're doing a kids' day out on Thursday afternoons. And I can't remember the times, like 1 to 3 or something like that. But you can go to our website, funlivesheer.com, and you can sign up your child. I think it's kindergarten through fourth grade. It costs you $5 for two hours. And we're going to provide snacks and stuff to them. But we're not doing that just for our kids in this room. We're doing that so when you sign your kids up, you can think of two or three kids in your neighborhood that don't go to church. Don't steal someone else's kids from another church. There's 75% of the kids in Wichita don't go to church anywhere. Those are the kids we're trying to attract. And on those days, we are expecting 100, 150 kids to show up. And we want you guys to invite children that don't go to church anywhere. We'll let them come in for two hours, see our environments, and say, hey, you know, we do this every week of the year, and you're more than welcome to come back. And so that's upcoming, but that's just an outgrowth of kids inviting kids. So we want you to partner with us. But the bottom line is this. Every week, if you look on this paper or the take-home paper for uh, the first look, there's always a bottom line that we tell our kids, hey, when your mom and dad comes in and they ask you what you learn, tell them the bottom line. The bottom line for us this week is the church wants to partner with the family to influence kids. That is what we want to do with you. We can't do it by ourselves because we only have 40 hours of influence. You guys have 3,000 hours of influence. But we all can be traffic cones and line up so we can point kids in the right direction. And, well, how I want to close is this. I mean, we, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just want to ask you a question. And then I'm going to pray for you. And this is the question. Will you partner with us to help influence your children. Will you partner with us? And you can just ask that question inside your spirit, inside your heart. And if if you answer yes, that is awesome. But I want to pray for everyone. And some might say, hey, Dan, I don't know if this is for me. But I beg you to get invested in your kid's life. Not just to be aware of what they're doing, but totally be invested in your kid's spiritual condition. It'll make such a huge difference. But if you're willing to do that with your child, just answer that in your mind, in your heart. And I want to pray for you as a commitment that we'll start. Coming in September, we'll be doing these family experiences once a month. And we want you to partner with us to influence the life of your kids. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these parents that are willing to commit to this, that they have answered into their heart that they will do this, that they will partner with us to influence kids for Jesus Christ. We just thank you for our church. We thank you for our staff and how we focus on the family here and uh, how important kids are to us. Now, while your eyes are still closed and your head still bowed, you might say, Dan, and I don't even know how to do the spiritual thing with my kids because I have never been asked to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I don't even know what that means. I have never crossed that line of faith where I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I know to raise my son and my daughter the way I should be, I need to put my faith and trust in him because I need God's help to raise my kids. Raising raising godly kids in a godless society is very, very hard. 
And if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you can do that right now. You don't have to go to any classes. You don't have to pay any money. The Bible says that salvation is a totally free gift. All you have to do is ask Jesus to come into your life. He will cleanse you of your sins that you committed, and he will bring a new relationship. Jesus does want to be your best friend. And he just patiently waits, the Bible says, for you to open that door to your life and allow him to walk in. The Bible says that he stands at the door and knock. And if anyone opens that door, he will come in and live with him and unite with him. And I want you to, if that's what you want to do, I want to pray for you. You can just pray these words into your heart. They're not magic words. You don't have to repeat my words back to me. You can use your own words. But if you have never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior and you would like to do that, pray with me right now. Father, I need a Savior. I know I have messed my life up. I know I have sinned. I've done wrong. And I am tired of living this way. Please come into my life and change me from the inside out. I am putting my faith and trust in you. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, if you've done that today, that is awesome. That is the best decision you'll ever make in your entire life. And if you did that today, there, if you had a talk to us card on your worship folder, there's a little square box up here where you can mark that box and you can take it back to the guest services or the, the uh, store back there and just say, hey, I prayed with Mr. Dan today. And they'll give you a free packet of CDs and DVDs to get your life started in the Christian walk. If you don't have a Bible, we'll get you a Bible. If you do have a Bible, just open to the book of John in the New Testament and start reading. Don't worry about the things that you don't understand. Just apply the things that you do understand into your life. And we want to partner with you. If this is a brand new step for you, we have starting point classes that you can go to. We want you to know we're here for you. And we want you to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ.